Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Khan and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called The Real and Imaginary Responsibilities of a Bootstrap Founder and let's get started. As a founder, you'll encounter many expectations. Founders have to have a mission. They have to care about their customers genuinely. A great founder is a leader, a visionary, an expert. Sometimes you just want to be you. The entrepreneur had a good idea for a business and then worked on it diligently. You don't need to be a hero and you just want to run your business. And still, you feel like you're not meeting expectations. You feel like you could do more to help your customers, give more back to your community, Others know so much more about your industry. Everyone else is doing things differently. Welcome to the world of imaginary responsibilities. Every founder feels them. They creep into your mind when you see yet another business that is doing better than yours while you're browsing Twitter. They invade your dreams because you listen to that one podcast with the super successful guest just before bed. They had so much fun laughing and talking about your success and you're just sitting there thinking you're just an imposter. I've been there too, and I've learned how to climb out of these traps that I fell into many, many times. And there are a few main themes that come up every once in a while. You can learn how to recognize them. You can learn how to focus on what is real and then ignore the imaginary. Your mental health will improve significantly. And there is three things that I'm going to talk about today. One is perfectionism. The other thing is imposter syndrome. And the third is cargo culting. So I'm going to go through all of these three things and tell you the assumptions that are often just imaginary responsibilities and how to reframe them, how to think about them differently and actually live a healthy and calm and relaxed life while still founding a business. So let's talk about perfectionism first. You've been building, let's imagine you've been building this cool new feature. It works on your development system and it will be impressive once you release it, but the user interface can still use some work. You know that a few of your more technically illiterate users have a trouble with complicated interfaces and you want to make sure that every single one of your customers gets some value out of the system. So you spend another week polishing the UI. Then you notice that the documentation you wrote for that feature might use a few more clarifying videos. So you spend another week creating walkthrough videos for every single way customers might use the product. Then you notice something else and another thing, and you end up never releasing the feature. Welcome to perfectionism. It'll keep you from achieving your goals. Let's talk about the assumption, I have to build the perfect business. The perfect business does not exist. Any business is a dynamic enterprise, a thing that you do, not a thing you have. Nothing in your business will ever be perfect, as there's always room for improvement. Rephrase this into, I want to build a sustainable business. I want to live a good life, providing a solution that will help people. Set your goals to something you can control not some platonic ideal of a business. A working product does not have to be perfect. It just has to work enough to be useful. Do not stress. Approach your business with the Pareto principle, the rule of 80-20. The last 20% of your work will take up 80% of your time. Save yourself from wasting your time like that. Get 80% of it done and deal with the rest when and only if it is ever needed. You can focus on long-term goals and create traction, both within your own life and with your market. Every action 
you take needs to have a real impact on whom you want to serve. Do not focus on details that only a few customers may ever see. Work on things that lift all your customers at the same time. Usually, the most impactful things are also the hardest things to do. Start with those. Do not take the low-hanging fruit, because it is usually the first thing your competitor will also pick. Go for the things they fear to tackle. Do it often. That is how you will stay ahead, even if things don't seem perfect. Let's talk about the assumption of, I have to create the ultimate solution for all the problems my customers have. If there were all-encompassing solutions, we would only drive one kind of car. We would only eat one kind of food and use one type of shampoo, but we do not. We have choices because we have different priorities and excellent products take that into account. We phrase this into, I want to provide value to my customers that makes their lives easier. Just get away from all this ultimate solution for all problems kind of stuff. They try. They don't expect you to solve all of their problems. A Swiss Army knife is great, but you do not see mechanics use it to repair cars or chefs to fillet a fish. Special tasks need special tools, and that is true for almost everything people do, both in their professional and in their personal lives. Do one thing really well. Focus on the critical problem that your customers have. They may have additional issues, and they will, but you should focus on the most critical one. Once that one is solved, you can look into other problems, not before. The more you spread out with your products, the less you'll impact the lives of your customers. You will need to make choices about which products deserves your attention, and that starves all the others. Particularly in the beginning, focus on one specific problem and solve the problem alone. Your attention to detail will be a differentiator to all these Swiss army knives that look great, but are ultimately disappointing. Let's talk about the second big theme, imposter syndrome. Imagine this. You've been thinking a lot about your bootstrap business. You did the research, you build a prototype, you talk to prospective customers and work their feedback into your MVP. Then one day you read an article about your target industry and you stop reading in the middle of the page. You know you did all this research, but you feel like you don't have any idea what's going on in the industry. There's so much more you need to learn before you can start your business. You definitely need to read more books. There are so many podcasts you still didn't listen to. You end up learning forever and never start your business. Welcome to imposter syndrome. It will also keep you from achieving your goals. Let's talk about the assumption I feel like I'm not good enough to create something great. In a time of lifelong learning, you will never be finished learning. So we might just as well start creating things sooner than later. Just like learning never ends, neither is perfecting your product. So when you start, it might not be great, but it is something. And that alone sets you apart. Rephrase this into, I can start with something that works. The fact that you're working on a solution to somebody else's problem already sets you apart from everybody else. Most people don't even start. They are caught up in the belief that if they learn just one more thing, they will be ready. And they never are. Any improvement over the status quo is good. 
Do not let the VC siren calls of it needs to be an order of magnitude better lull you into thinking that if you don't disrupt the whole industry, you will not be adding value. Value add starts with the smallest things. If you add enough value enough times, you will make a significant impact on the lives of your customers. Start with what you know. Create something that you think is useful. Then go out and talk to the customers. Get their feedback and adjust. Repeat until you've found a solution. Repeat this until you've made something great. Let us talk about the assumption of I have to be the most knowledgeable expert in the domain because I see this all the time. Sometimes you look at your audience and you feel intimidated. Here are people who've worked in their positions for decades and they know the ins and outs of their industries and the business and they've seen many vendors come and go. You feel this fear that if you're not just as much as an expert as they are, they won't even look at you. Rephrase this kind of thinking into, I need, an, I need to know enough to help. Expertise takes time and it takes experience. You can't read up on experience. You will have to get it yourself by working for your customers. And here's the thing. You will become an expert by trying. If you succeed, that is great. You'll have a fantastic business and your life will be improved significantly. If your business fails, you will now be an expert in the field. You know the size of the market. You've developed a sense of where the problems are, what solutions you can create, and how people talk in the industry. You can start a new company or consult people who have one. It's a win-win situation. Expertise comes from experience. Do the work. Spend the time. There is no better place to learn then right in the thick of things. Jump into the deep end and just keep swimming. You will learn so much in such a short amount of time. And most importantly, you are not a fraud because real imposters don't ever suffer from imposter syndrome. Now, the third one is cargo culting. Imagine this. You read that bootstrap founders do things a certain way. They never take funding. So you swear you will never take funding. They talk to customers at all times. So you take every opportunity to speak to your customers at all times, because this is what bootstrappers do. They iterate quickly on their products or try and release a new feature every few days. They go to conferences. So you fly all across the world to talk to your peers. You notice that everyone seems to be crushing it. You redouble your efforts and you spend more time on your business because this is what bootstrappers do. You have not seen daylight in a few weeks. The children only see you hunched over your laptop and you haven't called your parents in over three months. You keep doing things until you burn out because this is what bootstrappers do. Welcome to cargo culting. It'll keep you from achieving your goals. Let's talk about I have to do everything by myself because I'm a solopreneur and that's what they do. That is just not right. The term solopreneur is aspirational for many people who want to start a business. Keep all the profits. Never have to explain yourself. Full control over every aspect of the company. And then reality hits. You run into brick walls. Your mental health deteriorates. Your energy levels are depleted. You don't enjoy work anymore. That's not where you want to end up. Reframe this as I can get people to join my course when I'm overwhelmed. Humans love to join things that have a purpose. People want to be part of missions and they want to help. Don't think you have to do everything alone. You won't and you can't. At some point, you will need other people. 
Delegating work to others can free you up in many ways. It's not just about your time. It's about your focus and your potential. Any task you don't want to do is a task that keeps you from taking care of something that you want to accomplish. Interruptions will slow you down and deter you from reaching your goals. We waited much too long with hiring people at Feedback Panda. I was taking care of development and most parts of customer service and incoming help requests constantly interrupted my product work. And I still get some form of PTSD from the intercom notifications that indicated that a new customer service conversation just popped up. It's still brutal. The moment we hired a customer service person, they took all of that workload off me and my head was clear again within a few days and I could focus again. And it turns out that other people are better at customer service than I am. As much as I liked it, they would keep calm and help where I frantically apologized and overwhelmed customers with technical details. People who really knew what they were doing, they would phrase it in a way the customer would understand. They would be supportive, empathetic, and just from, they worked from a completely different point of view than I did being mired in all these kind of details of the business at the time. Delegating will make the experience better for you and for your customers. Let's talk about the assumption that I have to risk burnout because successful people work hard and all the time. Unfortunately, hustle porn is everywhere. People show off their accomplishments on social media and in the founder communities. Businesses hit their goals and milestones left, right and center. Everyone is crushing it and rarely do you hear if anyone's struggling. But you struggle all the time. Is there something wrong with you? No one else seems to have these issues. Reframe this thinking as, I have to take care of my mental health. A business with a continually struggling founder struggles itself eventually. There'll be ups and there'll be downs. So struggle is there, right? It's not not a mythical thing. It happens to everybody, but people don't usually talk about the bad parts. Only recently have I seen founders share their tales of struggle and defeat in public spaces. And while it's a great start, the stories of glory and success still prevail. So be aware that you're only seeing half of the equation. And in all honesty, burnout is not a badge of honor. It's a medical condition. It's a state you do not ever want to be in. When you experience burnout, you lose your drive. You're exhausted. You lose the joy of your work. Your performance suffers, and it takes a long time to get out of that state. I had experienced burnout twice before, personally. Once when I was working for a VC-funded company in Silicon Valley, and then later during growing Feedback Panda. In both cases, it took me a long time to recover. Initially, I think back in, uh, must have been 2014 or 13, I stayed at home for four months, not doing anything at all, recovering from this. And it was a stressful time before, and it was a weird time during recovering from this kind of burnout, because all of a sudden you just lose all the energy, you deplete completely, your social interactions suffer. You eat weird things. You are up at weird times. It was just a, it's not, it was not a nice time. I eventually kind of came back to my normal self, but it's just not a, an enjoyable part of your life. And if you can avoid it, then you really, really should. Finding 
the motivation to work is hard when the sound of an email triggers a mild panic attack. And it's not a good place for a founder. So working hard is not working long hours. You can be productive by working smarter. You can delegate tasks that irritate you to people who love doing them. There are people who actually like things that you might never enjoy. Just thinking about taxes or bookkeeping, things that I personally don't really like, but there are people who thrive on this that really, really like it. So let them do it. Automate away things that don't need your direct involvement. Start with your customer service, then move to other repetitive tasks. Repeat until your workload is manageable. And here's the thing about responsibilities. They are all in your mind. Sure, you may have had contracts and obligations, but what you focus your attention on is determined by your thoughts. The expectations you set are all in your head. Once you become aware that the only thing standing in the way of your success is yourself, it becomes so much easier. Don't fall for being perfect. Don't doubt yourself. Don't do things because that's the way things are done. Just be your authentic self, ready and eager to learn. That is an excellent foundation for sustainable business that helps real people with their real problems. It's always kind of hard in our community, I think, uh, the bootstrap founding or founder community, to find the right balance between what is uniquely you as a founder and with what you're supposed to do. Because in the past, there hasn't been much information about what is the right way to do these kind of things. And everybody has been figuring it out by themselves. And now more and more people share their stories, just like I'm doing at this very moment. And you get to either learn from just their anecdotal experience or from the distilled insight that they have now into a very complicated process. But everybody's doing it their own way. And so should you. A founder will always have a personality and that personality will color the business. So just following best practices alone won't do it. And feeling bad for not hitting the same kind of goals and for not doing things the exact same way as anybody else also shouldn't impede you from building your business. Many founders have started building their businesses in public and that actually has been quite helpful because there's a certain immediacy to seeing that if you do something, it doesn't really matter if you do it one way or the other, people will be appreciative of you just sharing it. It's really interesting. Like there's a lot of indie hackers and makers that essentially comment on every single thing they do, every single feature they release, every conversation they have with customers, every choice they make about the future of their business, they communicate that on Twitter or on indie hackers, in any kind of community, on Make-A-Log, like wherever they congregate to share their current status of the business and the steps they've been taking, there is a kind of support to all these things at all times and often interesting, constructive and varied feedback to all these kind of things. So as a founder, I recommend that you just follow these people on their journeys. And a lot of people are, have been starting podcasts and have been talking about their businesses on their podcasts every single week. There's always an update and there's always an up 
or it's always a down, or it's always a didn't move much, but there is something happening and people get to share these kind of experiences. And I think as a founder, it makes you feel more stable in your own decisions to see that other people struggle and don't really comprehend the full picture of the business they're building as well. Like nobody knows really what they're doing to the extent of actually making informed choices that are not just mostly guesses because most of what you do as an entrepreneur is guess you guess well you guess um you have informed guesses but they are guesses right you try to see what you would need to do to get a certain thing done and you fail so your next guess is going to be more informed than the prior one but it's guessing so seeing other people guess and seeing other people guess wrong will give you the kind of well, insight into how this works. And you will feel better if you guess wrong yourself. I think it's important to see just really how the reality is for other founders too. And I'm happy to be able to see these things on Twitter, which I think is a great source of just immediate insight into other people's thinking and some people just it's funny but some founders just put things out there just ideas what should i do should i start pay to ads should i include a freemium plan like all these things that every single business eventually wonders about to just throw it out there people share their experiences and it's always the same there's people saying yes with good arguments and there's people saying no with good arguments there's people saying, eh, maybe, with good arguments. And there's people saying, yeah, it's your choice. Make it with good arguments. So there's a lot of perspective to all these kind of decisions. And being able to see other people makes it easier for you. I think perfectionism, to, to just think about my, my own problem with it, I don't have it necessarily. Perfectionism is not a problem that I encountered too much. I encounter it on a technical level, I think. Like as a developer, I want my code to be perfect. Not because I have this higher aspiration, but just because a code that executes in a way you can understand and expect is code you don't have to maintain, is code you don't have to repair. On a product level, it's different because it is really the interaction of the customer with your product that needs to be facilitated as best you can. The quality of the product is only part of that. Quality of your customer service, quality of your documentation, quality of your onboarding, even the quality of the community that you create around your product that just um, informs people, informs new prospects of what this is, what they can be expecting, building the expectations, all of this informs how people use your product. So you can have the, the product with the most insight into what good UX is, but if your customers do not understand certain patterns of user experience that you may have thought they knew, then there's a misalignment between your expectations and the expectations of your customers. So it's not just the quality of the product. It's not just the quality of the code. It's important. All of these things are, but it's not that stuff alone. So being a perfectionist will keep you from accomplishing an all over good average quality of your product, your business, your marketing, your community building, your customer service, all these kind of things. You should be good at all these things. But if you try to be perfect at one of them, all the others will suffer. It's like a averaging it out effect in a way. 
yeah, imposter syndrome. I honestly, I still feel imposter syndrome right at this very moment, talking to people who want to build a business, having built a business myself. I know that I've done it. And I know that I've read a lot from other people who've done it before. And I've read a lot from people who haven't done it before, but made very convincing arguments about it. So I know that I am in the privileged position of actually being able to tell from experience what worked and what didn't. And yet I still kind of feel, should I be talking about this? Aren't there other people who know so much more? And yes, there are, but that shouldn't keep me from doing it. And just because there are other founders that are more successful building their own businesses should not keep you from trying to build your own business as well. Um, it is it is a pretty weird thing in psychology that we as humans have to deal with, that we look for problems, even though there may not be any, or we, we are psychologically primed to question and doubt our skills because we fear being pointed at and being laughed at and being ignored or being dismissed. But just putting yourself out there will make you stand out. That's that's I think important also from a from a business perspective. Like I said this earlier, people might think about stuff. They might think they need to learn more. They might think they need to be more experts before they can start. So the person who actually overcomes this feeling and starts will be the person that people remember. Will also be the person that gets the first bite into the market, that gets the big market share, the first mover, the person that actually primes the market um, and terraforms it if they are the first. So there's there's risk in it and there is pain in it right the first one through the wall usually gets a few scratches but it is important and some people and particularly entrepreneurial people they just want to help they just want to move they just want to help people live a better life they want to empower other people help their customers help the people they chose to help and you can't that without getting a few scratches so you have to overcome this kind of feeling of feeling inadequate because essentially you will be and that is fine and then you will overcome it and then things will be fine as well. Like imposter syndrome to me is a preservation attempt by your brain just to save you from feeling even the slightest bit of pain, of growing pain, if it's sad. But just reframing it as you don't need to be an expert you will become the expert eventually has been extremely helpful for me because whenever i started learning a new kind of tech or learning a new method of doing marketing or customer outreach i always felt like i had no idea what people were talking about but then you just start you just experiment you fail a couple times and then you start winning you start not failing as much anymore and it turns out that this is how you learn. So the imposter means like you actually trying to um, do a thing you you can't. You're trying to act like you know how to do a thing. But it's like, yeah, it's all about learning, right? It's all about trying to understand and comprehend the, the inner workings of a thing so you can eventually become an expert in it. But it's a process. It doesn't It's not flipping a switch. So I think... That concludes this episode about the real and imaginary responsibilities of a bootstrap founder. Um, 
it's a very personal one to me because I've been struggling a lot with these kind of problems over the last couple of years, particularly running a successful business. Uh, it is quite funny that um, the failed businesses before didn't put as much stress on me as the successful one did. But it, it is important to talk about these things. And I'm glad to see more and more of this information being shared on Twitter, on the Indie Hackers Forum, in people's personal social media streams. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of this in the future as well, because it's the reality of being an entrepreneur. There's struggle, there's strife, there's pain. But it's also a reality of a lot of joy, of overcoming challenges, of success, and of, of growth. So looking at both sides is always important. And I encourage you to share not just your successes, but also your failures. Share where you went wrong. Because every single time you do this, you help somebody else. Either preventing their own mistakes or knowing at least that if they do them, if they make mistakes, it's not the end of the world. Thank you for listening to the Booster Founder Podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Arvidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootsterfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootser Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It'll help other founders or founders-to-be to find this podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their Bootser businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. <laughs>